Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Dragon's Den podcast. Today, I have my co-host, Robert Jones, with me. And we're doing it a little bit virtually today. No, Rob isn't with us anymore, sadly. And I have to do this online, but it's still a pleasure to have him back. How you doing, Rob? No, Austin, I'm doing great. I know we can't be there. Little bit of a distance away, but I'm going to be there in spirit, also in Discord. But, you know, as you do say, let's get this started. Where do you want to go first? Well, you know, considering that the NFL playoffs are starting soon, I think we should start there. Texans versus Browns. What do you think? So, I feel like this is a really interesting story with the Sean Watson being injured halfway through the year. You had PJ Walker, DTR. And now we have Joe Flacco, who he's had one of the best passer ratings in the league since coming. He's grown for an over an average 270 a game. And he's going to be facing a very young Texans team, who lead, led by second overall pick, C.J. Strahi. Some people, especially within the Panthers organization, are questioning why are they even going to go with their first overall pick, Bryce Young. And he's lining it up. He got injured kind of a few, few weeks back. Now he's back. And a really interesting team and even better even an interesting matchup yeah i mean you know the texans really came from almost nowhere nobody thought they'd be this good you have the emergence of tank dell who unfortunately is out for the rest of the season but nico collins as well brevin jordan's been a great backup tight end for them while dalton schultz has been playing great when he's been healthy and the running game has progressed a little bit. Damian Pierce did not look like the same back he did, but Devin Singletary came in from Buffalo and really helped fill that role. And then you have the Browns who somehow got Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick. Fifth round pick from the Cowboys. Now ever since Shield Flacco's there, kind of going a little more at the past heavy offense with Nick Chubb being out, he's kind of been put in a perfect place right there in Cleveland. Defense has been one of the best in the league, one of the best secondaries with Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett kind of having a just a decent year, had a really rough second half, had like a five-game stretch not being able to get a sack. But Yeah, I know more. you're upset about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that maybe later. But it's, it's going to be a really interesting game. It's going to kind of be matchup offense offense. I feel like the, this matchup is going to be more which defense is going to make the stand that's going to be kind of the story of the game. Because both offenses, you can see, especially the last few, few weeks, is a really well-developed offense through and through. But the Browns defense really stored it up. We'll see what the Texans can do also. It's going to be a very interesting back-and-forth one there. And is Houston going to be in Houston or is it going to be in Cleveland? It's going to be in Houston because they wound up winning the division. Wasn't that a, what, like a last-week thing? Yeah, when when the Titans lost to the Jaguars, or no, the Titans beat the Jaguars, that allowed them to flip. Right. Jacksonville lost their last five, and now we have Houston in the picture. I feel that's really interesting, especially with them a year ago having a second overall pick, second worst record in the league, and now they're... Yeah, I mean, another thing about the Jaguars is they almost did the complete opposite of last year. Last year, they won all the way down the stretch, getting up to where they are now. But now you have the opposite where they basically lost out and missed the division, which is pretty ironic. 
And it was the Titans who put them on top of the division last year when they played Josh Dobbs and they lost. Now the Titans kicked them out of the division. So it's, you know, the exact opposite situation. Well, with that Jaguars team, Trevor Lawrence was not having a great second half. He didn't really have a great passing first half. He had a little bit better passing, especially toward the end of the season. But the thing was, he had so many injuries with the concussion. He had a shoulder injury down the stretch. And that entire offense was kind of a little question, really questioning at one of the best man-to-man receivers in Calvin Ridley. They weren't really using him properly. Had a little stretches of the first few games, the last few games, where he was getting back. But the middle of the season, it was kind of like, you had so many weapons, not really using them so properly, and that's probably what we're seeing now with them losing their last five. They had the results to their backup the past really few clutch games, and this is the matchup we have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this matchup. I think this is going to be a great matchup. Also, the Texans do have the Browns to thank for their recent comeuppance, getting multiple first-round picks back for a strange quarterback to start watching who went to the Browns full of controversy and they got decent haul for him back, a couple first round picks. And now he doesn't look good. And Joe Flacco is the starter. Obviously Watson was hurt, but he wasn't playing well when he was healthy and Joe Flacco walks in and completely takes over. So, you know, I don't know if you'd call it bad blood, but I'm sure Browns fans aren't necessarily happy they got stuck with Watson for multiple reasons. And I just think it's fun coming to see the storylines, you know, come to a head right here. The script writers did an amazing job this with this one. I mean, also, what's really questioning about that decision to get your phone watching is, yeah, you get them for a few first-round picks and play in about a year and a year and a half, but you also really commit to them signing for little over 45 million, 50 million range for four years. That's a pretty strong. Fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed, which was the big thing. And And that is not looking good for them right now. But you know what? I I genuinely think that this is going to be one of the better games we see round one. I don't know who's going to necessarily win. The Browns are on a hot streak, and the Texans did just, you know, take care of business in a very commanding way. But, you know, I think I could see both teams winning. It's going to be a fun game to watch. And that's all I hope for in the playoffs. Because, you know, I never watch my team in the playoffs, so I just hope for good games. Me neither. I feel that. We're in the playoffs last year, okay? Stop complaining. Before that. Before that, when you won your Super Bowls. When was that, though? More recently than a Jets playoff berth. Fair enough. Stop complaining. So, you can complain gonna... when you don't even remember a playoff game in your conscious adult life. Then you can complain. Yeah. And at least you guys won a game last year, too. Don't know. I mean, the Vikings were obviously frauds, but you won a game. Danny Dimes' legacy game. Yeah. Look at his legacy now. Honestly, feeling very justified this year that I said Tony Pollard and Daniel Jones would both fall off, so... I've been spitting my shit all year, and that paid off. Uh, the next year's NFL season one, probably. Oh, yeah. You might actually want to listen to me this time. 
because I told them to go under on Tony Pollard and Tony Pollard finished under. By 50 yards. By 50 yards. Was I right? Yes. And in fantasy football? Oh, forget about it. Pollard was not it this year. Anyway, for the Chiefs-Dolphins matchup, since that is special to watch on Peacock, I'm bringing in a special guest that you guys will hear from at the end of the episode. So we're going to skip Chiefs versus Dolphins for now. And we're going to move on to Bills-Steelers. Honestly, my pick for a sleeper matchup. I, I'm not predicting the Steelers win, but I also don't think it's unlikely. So I feel like this is also a big story to look out for. It's first in Buffalo. In January. Yeah. With- well, it's not like it's another team. It's the Steelers who know a hell of a lot about playing in cold weather games. Well, I feel like this is a disadvantage for both teams. I mean, it's going to be wind gusts of over 40 miles per hour. It's going to be yep. not as bad as it's going to be in Kansas City. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's going to negative 30. Okay. That, that's one where the weather is going to affect that's it. Later. That's for later, oh. though. Mm-hmm. But with this game, we don't really, I don't think we're going to see TJ Watt, right? I don't think we're going to see TJ. The Steelers love to play their cold weather close game. They're kind of a team that's coached and built around that winning close game mentality. And, you know, they do it all year. They keep their defense stays in games, the defense stays in games, and the offense is able to put it away with a couple of rushes here or there. You know what I mean? And with two running backs like, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, they're able to spell each other and create an effective rushing attack. Normally, I don't really, I don't know, the premise of having multiple running backs varies from team to team for me. I think some should do it, some shouldn't. But I think the Steelers have a great first and second down running back in Najee, and he can play out of the backfield. I think and run are a great combo because they can both do a little bit of everything so you're not tipping your hand when you bring one of them into the game. Yeah. But, you know, they do have their roles. Obviously, Najee's much bigger and Ward's more explosive, but you can use both in, e- in any situation, which is why I think they work well. And I think they could run down that Buffalo defense in that cold weather. What I was seeing in the past few games with Pittsburgh is they were kind of putting more Warren out as the putting him in the backfield, kind of going more for pass, the little dump passes in the backfield. And he was getting like 10, 15 yards of pass. And again, I forgot who they played last week, the Steelers. They were playing Baltimore, right? Didn't they upset Baltimore? Ah, uh, you could call it an upset, but Baltimore was resting a bunch of their starters. But, I mean, Najee Harris looking really good. He was getting eight yards of play, just running straight up the center. And, yes, you can't say they were benching a lot of their starters. I mean, they were 13-3 and three at the time. They automatically had the first seat. Why would you risk playing your starters, saying they're injured? Which, I believe, were the Steelers going to be in the players regardless of the game? Was no, the, if, if they won, they got like a 70% chance. If they lost, there was only like a 20% chance. So the Steelers needed this game, but the Ravens did not at all. And the Bills just came out a really great game against the Dolphins. I don't, I don't know if you could call that a great game. It was a classic. It, I wouldn't say it was It's a great. classic, but I 
felt like I was watching not that great of a game. It just seemed like the Bills are their own worst enemy. If they come out flying and they come out playing great, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. But they also have an equal chance of coming out flat on their face and absolutely dropping the ball. And the Steelers are one of those teams that if you don't come to play against the Steelers, are going to make your life hell. So I totally see a situation in which Buffalo just kind of comes out flat and the Steelers take advantage. With that Bills offense, they're kind of leaving Diggs to dry a little bit. Last game he had around, he had a he had a good amount of touch, I believe, seven interceptions for around 80 yards. But recently they've been kind of putting Diggs to the side and going on Dalton Kincaid, their rookie from Utah. He's been getting a lot of those passes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of good rookie tight ends. Not the last rookie tight end we're going to talk about today, but not the best. Kincaid, you know, but he still had a great season. And I think that they used him in the offense a lot more than I expected. I didn't really expect him to knock, knock, to knock, knocks out right away. You know, I feel like Knox was kind of more that blocking tight end. and Yeah, but like he was a nice tight end threat. Kincaid reminds me, like, I really like the receiving core because you have Diggs as a true number one option. I don't know if I like Gabe Davis in the receiving core. I think they'll let him walk, but I really like Khalil Shakir. I think he is an amazing slot receiver for them. And then you could almost split out Kincaid wide as your wide receiver, too, and put Knox at tight end. Well, that's kind of tough depending on the opponent's linebackers. Say you get like yeah. Fred Warner, who would be covering Kincaid. That's going to be ish lockdown. So- well, I mean, Fred Warner locks down most receivers that come over the middle of the field in the league. You know, I see the point there. Maybe you can even put Kincaid kind of like a Kelsey as you pre-snap. You put him in a lot of motions to try and knock down and get jammed. But he's really good receiving target for the Bills team. Kind of adds another like rush hold on how to stop that offense. But I mean, this Steelers defense has been one of the best in the league for the past few years. Yes, they're losing TJ Watt, but they do have some other weapons, such as their new cornerback, Joey Porter, who usually plays a lot of SWAT, but also does follow some main receivers, who this Sunday is most likely going to be on digs. I would agree. Playing Miami is much better than playing Buffalo, at least in Miami. Like, I think Miami doesn't have as strong as a home field advantage as Buffalo does. So I think them having the two seed is more impactful. But I think Miami could also, in a normal year, be able to deal with playing on the road. But as we keep alluding to, that Chiefs game is going to be a doozy with the weather and just how it's playing out. Tickets, was, I'll say this, tickets are as low as $55 for a playoff game in Arrowhead. Really? That's, yeah. You know, wind, wind is going to be negative 30. Yeah. So. But, I mean, also, I would say we can go to this Miami game, but you do have, you do have a special guest later you get to, but. We keep talking to- about it. Uh, but we'll go to the Cowboys Packers instead. It's one-sided up there. If we really look at Green yeah, Bay, I agree. I think Green Bay is going to run them over. What? Yeah. Really? Yep. 
Don't know why I'm predicting a Packers upset. I know the Cowboys are undefeated at home this year, but they always just fall apart in the playoffs. It's a Dallas thing to do. It really is. And, you know, the Packers too. The Packers are just their mortal enemies. It's like, this is like the 1980s all over again. 90s, like Packers, Cowboys in the playoffs. Mike McCarthy against the Packers. I just yeah, think the Packers are going to win. I, I don't know. I just think, you know, they're going to be able to use all those different weapons like Bo Melton, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs. And I think they're going to try to play just a smart West Coast game. And we'll see if the Dallas responds. But Ayer also kind of had that suspension, which was like, a week off almost in a sense so like i don't i see that as a positive almost giving him a week of rest before he has to go against cd lamb if they're able to slow cd i think the front can take care of tony pollard everyone can take care of tony pollard but i feel the exact opposite i kind of understand where you're going because play they they won each other up in the playoffs the cowboys so last year with was last year the one against Last year was the one against the 49ers in which they tried to speed last play, which just blew up in their face, getting tackled instantly. And then the year before, it was back running for 15 yards, spinning, got down way too late, and the clock ran out. So this year, my opinion, I think the Cowboys are going to win. Green Bay has one of the worst passing secondaries in the league. The Cowboys have one of the best passing games in the league. TD Lance has been coming out of nowhere, has second most receiving yards in the league behind Tyree Hill. And this could either be like a 40 to 20 game or then again, Jordan Wilkes can come back and he's also a really good passer in his own right. Could be a passing game. Maybe I could see both quarterbacks going over 300 yards in this game. This is going to be kind of another iffy. Could be farther, could be closer than you think. But my opinion, I think it's going to be Cowboys, at least by their spread which could be around 5-6, my opinion. I don't know. Like you said, it should be the Cowboys. It should be. But I'm getting one of those feelings that I just think an upset's coming. So and again... Minus 7.5. I just want to put that out there. No. 7.5 in a playoff game? It's too much. Much? Well, you can also put that in secondary. You do have one of the best defenses. Always usually had a better defense, but a lot of their cornerbacks kind of been really aggressive. They had Javon Diggs, who got the Achilles injury or the ACL injury, kind of really beginning of the season. They had probably one of the best defensive players coming up, Plans, who also known for a lot of picks. Had, a, lot of, a lot of those picks have been either. It's had the, in my opinion, the Trayvon Diggs season where he had like 13, 14 picks in this Deron Bland season. This Deron Bland season is what every Cowboys fan thinks that Trayvon Diggs season was. I don't believe that Trayvon Diggs had a good season that year. I think he became a much better cornerback after the fact, but he was giving up too many yards to go with the picks. Deron Bland is having that kind of season with the pick sixes, but he's also playing good defense. Not, you know, he's playing good defense on the back end, so he's able to back it up. 
Like Trayvon was targeted so many times, and yeah, he'd get his picks, but he'd also get torched. So he was. He goes back and forth. But when he played Seattle against DK Metcalf, yeah, those two big plays by DK, it was Bland was following him, and kind of Metcalf had the upper edge and was just burning him. And that's kind of what you see with Diggs. A lot of Diggs and Bland have a similar mindset of playing really aggressive when you need to challenge them. Either high risk, high reward, you get the pick, or you get too aggressive, ball gets past you, and it's a huge play going to the same end. And I believe he had seven, eight picks, and half of them was get three of them against the Giants to be this year. And two thirds of them were just dropped. One was in Saquon's hand, which was missed. One was on Waller's hand, which was dropped right into Blaine's hand. And I believe one was a good one worked it from that. And that's also what Diggs was. Tyreek Wollin was also the same thing, which was Wollin is Tariq Wollin's different. Well, yeah. I, I give Tariq Wollin his flowers. I, I genuinely, or as he goes by now, I think, mm-hmm. I thought he's a good corner. And obviously his size and speed allows him to make up for those picks. He did get benched this year due to a tackling issue, I believe. That was the narrative that they said. I don't know if it was anything else. And it was in that Cowboys game, I think, on Thanksgiving. I know. They did play the count. I don't remember. Yeah. But he was benched for tackling issues at this point. But I think he's a better cover corner. Honestly, I like Ruin more as a safety type almost. Just to be able to play, like, stick him in, like, center field. I know it's a football field, but stick him in center field on the football field playing a deep third in the middle of the field or a deep half and just let him play back there, play aggro, you know, play a lot of press, press man, press zone. And then if they launch something up, try to beat you deep, have him be back there to try to stop it. That's how I would rather use him. But, you know, they did it how they did it. And also as a safety, it kind of eliminates the tackling thing. At free safety, not necessarily strong. Yeah. Well, but, well, it is, you know, he's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league. It's really great against man, but as you were saying, those tackling issues, which you get to beat if he makes the catch, he doesn't get the tackle, and the receiver is going to go downfield maybe another 10, 20 yards if he gets picked up by the safeties or the linebackers fast enough. Going back to the Packers Cowboys game, it's going to be an interesting one. Same thing. Is the defense going to stand up? Both great offenses. Cowboys, really great defense. Packers, that secondary is really going to get tested. And that's going to kind of be the end of the line right there. It's that Packers secondary going to hold CD Lamb. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the next game on the docket. Buccaneers versus Eagles. I want to save Lions-Rams for last. But Buccaneers-Eagles, that's certainly a football game, isn't it? I remember some people were talking about that previous matchup when Brady was on the Buccaneers. It's going to probably be the opposite. The Eagles were looking really good, lost to the Giants last week. But A.J. Brown, people thought, for his ATL last week, was walking back to Lockton. He seemed fine. Did you see that picture of Jalen Hurts just looking in his finger? Yeah, he still hasn't thrown a ball since then. That could be news. That defensive front was looking really good against the Giants, even though they didn't really bench the defensive players. It was more like the offensive. Dante, Devontae Smith, he, he was in a boot in a 
um, two weeks ago, right? Yeah, I think so. And they didn't play Swift last week, I believe, just this casual illness, like nothing really major. Also, it was, they were 12 and 4, 12 and 5 at the time, 12 and 4. And they, the only thing they were really playing for was number, number one seed. Yeah. Not number one seed, division lead, and went to the Cowboys. And then, you know, they were losing, and they just pulled everyone at that point. It wasn't worth it. But, like, honestly, I'd rather play the Buccaneers than the Packers. I just feel, well, I mean, I know the Buccaneers did go into Lambeau, and Baker had the perfect passer rating day. The only time that's ever been done visiting at Lambeau. But, you know, I really just, this Buccaneers team, I feel like, can come alive some weeks and have some really nice games. On the other hand, they can have some stinkers. They won a 9 nothing game against the Panthers just last week. You know? And the Saints dropped 45 on the Falcons. Like, if they were going to play the Saints, I feel like it would be better because the Saints are a lot more consistent, but the Buccaneers are just kind of uh, boomer bust. And the way that the Eagles kind of play a ball, I think that they're going to be able to kind of stretch the field and take advantage of the Buccaneers. So, Austin, I do like how you said that because some people don't really know that the Packers and the Bucks are kind of a really similar team. They pass heavy offense. They do have that really well They, have, they both have Dylan. Yeah, they um, both have good running backs. They can catch out of the backfield. Both have a great edge rusher, you know, you know, both of them have a good linebacker patrolling in the middle of the field. But they both like, really and an unproven quarterback. Really both also yeah. struggling secondaries. Very similar. Yeah, there's nothing outside of high year on the Packers, really. And especially with Rasul Douglas to the Bills, who is healthy, I believe, after getting hurt in Miami. I personally would rather play the Packers. Not just because the Giants beat the Packers with Tommy DeVito, but I personally don't. I would rather not guard Mike Evans and Chris Godwin over Reed and Watson. Watson the really thing is, the, year. the thing is with the Packers, they have more depth at their weapons. Reed, Melton, Kraft, Musgrave. They have a lot more weapons that aren't at the caliber of Evans and. Godwin, but they have more reliable talent across the board. And I think for a team like the Cowboys, who can take away almost everyone with their defense, you need to have reliable threats at every level. Well, well, if we go back to this game, which we did a little bit, don't really pass the ball. Could they pass the ball? Yeah. Absolutely. They have two really good I think the Buccaneers, yeah, the Bucs are going to sell. Because yeah. the Eagles secondary has been struggling, and especially with Evans and Godwin, I think they're going to try to go downfield and play aggressive. Especially with the uh, home Soto. I just saw Juan Soto tweet about arbitration. With the home field advantage, I think the Buccaneers are going to try to use it. We need to get a Philly sports guy, the guy who does all the makeup and the shoulder pads. A couple of years ago, he did the, you know, we're down 28 nothing in the half, but the season ain't over yet. Well, the season is over. I think we need a repeat of that. I, I want to see him make that like three years later. But this is also my PI scoring game. This might be like a 
high 20, low 30, could eclipse 40. Baker Mayfield might over, both over 300 yards. Jalen Hurts is probably going to run. Well, he's also Levante David, so was Dallas Goddard injured also? Was for part of the season. Mm-hmm. So that basically grabs tight ends down, so it's going to be Smith. I don't, I don't know if Smith's playing either. A.J. Brown might going to have to have a game. But um, she's definitely capable yeah. of. Mm-hmm. This, this honestly could be a closer game than some people expect. I'm going to go Eagle, but I can see the argument made for the Bucks winning this game also. I think it's more in the Eagles' favor, but with the Eagles slide and the Buccaneers playing it hard, I think it's a close game. But what I do want to touch on is how you said Buccaneers and the Packers. You wanted to play the Packers more than the Bucks. I'd rather play the Packers. You know how we talked about the Packers? Yeah. yeah. But you know how we were like, if the Bills won the division, then I'd rather play, you know, Miami in Miami than Buffalo and Buffalo. I'd rather play the pack, play the Bucks down at Raymond James and the Packers up at Lambo. If they have a divisional lead, that is a scary place to go, right? I mean, also with Green Bay, Wisconsin, it's cold there. If you're playing Tampa Bay, it's 50 in January. It's a perfect weather to play football. But Lambo gets very cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's straight up cold. So I would. Personally, you're right. I'd rather play in Tampa Bay. It was a really great comparison. But Packers fans are also a little more ruthless than Tampa Bay fans. So, yeah, I'd rather play in Tampa Bay. But this game will be in Philly. And Green Bay will play in Dallas. So we got no home field for either of those guys. Well, you know, I just think that's going to be a good game. And you never know. And that brings us to the last one. Lions versus Rams. You think? The most, we were both saying this before the podcast um, recording. This is our go-to game in the playoffs. This is going to be such a fun game. It's going to be the Lions who haven't made the playoffs in over 20 years playing against their former franchise QB. Of, when you think of the Lions, you think of a few people. One of those people are Matt Chastard, who's going to be playing in Detroit for the LA Rams. That's going to be a really... The strict writers have it right off from what you were saying. Stafford's coming in. He's going to show them I was never the problem. McVay's going to pull out some bullshit trickery. And Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua are going to go crazy. Laporta's out for the Lions. The Lions haven't been here. The Rams have been here. Stafford has been here. Cup has been here. No, you still have some pieces that aren't there, but it's an unproven team who's hungry versus a proven team who, you know, there's a lot to play for in this game. So, a lot of pride to play for. You're going to say Rams over Lions? I think Rams are going to come in and get the upstart. I also think they're just one of the stronger teams in the NFC. Like, I could totally, the Rams beat the Bucks. The Rams, in my opinion, beat the Packers. The Rams beat the Lions. I think the Rams could even beat the Eagles and the Cowboys. I genuinely think they're just, they're one of those teams that's just a dangerous team. You know, with Kyron coming alive, Puka, you know, a healthy Stafford, Cup, and you know, they still have Aaron Donald on defense. There's a couple, you know, key young contributors. 
and some other stuff there as well. But I think I think the Rams are sleeper team for the playoffs. I don't think they'll make it past the Niners, but they're still a damn good team. You know, I'm gonna absolutely agree with you here. Do feel the Rams are just so much more ready than the Lions do. Yeah, the Lions do still have Amon Ross St. Brown. They still have Williams. Yeah, the two duo halfback committee of Gibbs and Monty. But I just feel that the Rams, with their two-headed monster, Nakua and Cup, I just feel that they're just going to get it done. It's just going to be that. The, the thing that scares me miracle. is, you know, Aaron Glenn, their DC, Jets, just played for the Jets at quarterback. You know, I I genuinely don't think their defense is that great yet. They got torched for 400-something yards by Nick Mullins a couple weeks ago. Like, I just, I don't think that that team is there yet. I think Goff returned to form. I think they killed it with LaPorta, and I think Williams is getting more involved in the offense along with the Monroe. But, you know... I just don't think their defense is there yet. Hutchinson is there. No, they have a lot of good pieces, Brian Branch, but they just don't play great together. And I'm not saying that as a coaching staff thing. I just don't think they had enough talent. Like TJ Gardner Johnson was great. Brian Branch was great for them. You know, you have Hutch, you have all your certain pieces, but they have a lot of weaknesses as well. And I think. If any coach to attack that, it's going to be McVay. So, I'm basically same. Just really do feel like it's going to be a Rams upset against the Lions. The Rams were really a musty story since the end. Hard knock. New coach, Dan Campbell, kind of going with the French mentality. Been getting it done. First division claimed in over 20 years. But we've, we've always seen those. It means... Uh, like, obviously, it's great for them. They won the division, but I don't know. There's it's something about me that's telling me this team isn't ready yet. And if they're ready, they're ready. I mean, they've beaten great teams. They beat the Chiefs. You know, they've gone out and they've done the thing, but they've also played teams and gotten steamrolled. They got hosed by the Ravens. They lost to the Bears. You know, like, their defense just has issues stopping one mobile quarterback, just quarterbacks in general, honestly. they Whenever they play fields, I feel like he has a great day running the ball against them. And I just, their defense just isn't there yet. And there, that's nothing to be ashamed of, but. So, Austin, this was a question I did want to ask you coming into this conversation is, who do you think won that trade? It was Matt Stafford for Jared Goff and two first-round picks, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah, well, to start, the Rams didn't lose the trade. Anytime you make an all-in trade and you win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. You won the Super Bowl. And then it looked like Stafford regressed last year, and Goff took the step forward. And then everyone was saying the opposite, that the Lions won the trade. And now it's winning back. That the Rams won the trip. And, you know, very. But I think the way that it worked out, both teams really won this trade. It was one of those trades where both teams win. Won. If we look at those games since the trade, it's practically 
similar stats. Jared Goff kind of has a little bit more. If you look more of the trade, it's the Rams were win now. The Lions were probably building. And Jared Goff was having really good teams and really strong passer in that offense. But very similar stats between the two. It's not like you can really say one's doing better. But, well, all right. I'll, I'll say this. I do have the actual picks that they winded up being. The, the third round pick that was set with Ifeitu Melon, Melly Formwu, I believe is how you say it. And he really hasn't been that great for them. He bounced around in their secondary. Hasn't been a great impact. Then they traded and were able to get the 12th overall pick and the 46th overall pick for the first round pick in 2022. And with that, they were able to draft Jameson Williams and Josh Pascal, who haven't been amazing, but the talent there, at least with Jameson and his suspension, obviously, he hasn't played much and coming off the ACL. And Josh Pascal's been good for the first in 2023, also wound up being multiple picks, the 12th, the 34th, and 168. How did that go? That was the pick. They got Gibbs, Laporta, and traded that 168 whatever in a package deal basically you're getting matthew stafford and you're trading jared goff sam laporta jameer gibbs jameson williams jameson williams he has been injured he got injured in lsu and alabama was really good squad guy you probably get your entire all offensive nah i think he's more of a number one receiver guy than slot i think he Play X better and can stretch the field more vertically, and you leave a Monra in the slot. Either way, the Rams also in that time frame were able to get Kyron Williams, Gerald Everett, and Puka Nakua. So they didn't have those picks, but they were able to get players that are the same, better, or a little bit or worse. Like I'd say the overall value is about the same because I think Kyron was better than Gibbs. And especially since you have Monty, like you know, Gibbs didn't really get involved. Gut is much better than Jameson, but I think, you know, Ford was a huge get for them as well. But like you said, Rams did win a Super Bowl. I think it was a great trade for both teams. The Lions were able to rebuild. They have Goff, who I don't think is necessarily the future or that good because when he's pressured, he doesn't play amazing. And that kind of scares me, you know. Like, if you can get to golf, then he makes mistakes. And that's what we saw in the Packers game on Thanksgiving and some other ones following that. You know, the Rams gave all that up, but they got a ring and just kill a good team. They still have great offensive weapons and they got really good pieces on defense. So I think on that side as well, they're also playing very well. So we're going to kind of go a little bit overall before we switch gears. So the winner of the Eagles and Buccaneers will play the 49ers. You could see an Eagles 49ers drug match with their two previous match games with the Eagles winning the championship with their fortunate quarterback or the 49ers with their previous win. Kind of going to go with that wasn't just a one hit wonder. We're going to beat you guys again. Then we have the winner of the Rams Lions facing the Cowboys Packers. That's going to kind of be can't really determine who's going to be in any of those games. And Ravens have it very easy. The Ravens have the winner of the Browns and the Texans. So 
likely could she an upset or not, the Ravens have an easy path to the championship game. And the Chiefs Dolphins have the winner of the Bills and Steelers. We could see a Bills Chiefs rematch. We could see a Bills Dolphins rematch. So there's other storylines to look out for, but this is going to be a really interesting playoff. The script makers have really well. The seedings have a very interesting storyline, such as Lions Rams, we could see 49ers Eagles, Cowboys Packers, Mike McCarthy playing his previous team, where the last time he played in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers torched them. And also came back very clutch, driving down those, that last minute. You also see two of the high power offenses and Chiefs Miami. You see Kutsche Raisins champion. AFC Championship game, they haven't reached since that Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, who is playing the Browns. And Browns win. We could see him play against the Ravens in Baltimore. A lot of very interesting stories, scenarios, odds being matched up. And this is going to be a really, really interesting playoff to look out for. Yeah, and we still have one more game to preview. So, anything you'd like to say before you sign off? No, I, I don't. I'm very hyped. Cannot wait for this special guest, you know. But I'll mm-hmm. have, well, I have words, Austin. I don't have any more words. The words have run out. But luckily, the time on the podcast hasn't. This is it for this segment. Rob, hopefully, we'll have you back on soon. Good luck with your internship. And kick it over to the next segment hi and welcome back to the special segment on the dragon's dead podcast today i have a special guest to help me preview the chiefs vs. dolphins game mackenzie webb how are you doing oh i'm doing good hey everyone my name is kenzie i live in kansas city missouri and i go to umkc so it's right outside of the city and i'm studying sports journalism and i have my own chiefs podcast where i cover the games and i tweet a lot during them and so it's been released on this season now the postseason so i'm super excited and we have a lot to talk about today yeah i mean well the first thing is you told me you're going to the game so you get to experience what i was going to bring up first and we talked about already the weather firsthand how do you think that's going to play an impact in this game this week i think it's going to have a negative impact for miami they're used to the warm weather. They don't play the best whenever it's cold outside. So I think that it's not going to be in their favor. I feel like the Chiefs are used to it. Mahomes is a snow game guy. They've dealt with it. They've practiced in it all week. And Miami has it. So I think it's going to be a huge adjustment for them. Oh, yeah. And I think when the Chiefs run the ball, they don't do it a lot. But with Pacheco, they are great at, you know, pounding the rock kind of. Throwing it down Miami's throat. So I think Christian Wilkins is going to have a rough day up front, especially with all their injuries to their line. I feel like, you know, the Chiefs are going to have a nice rushing attack this week to complement, you know, Mahomes' strengths. I feel like they're going to ease back on him a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Kansas City has had a different path than they usually do, normally playing all of their games on the road or at home, excuse me. And this year, it's a little bit different path if they want to get to the top of the AFC. Do you think there's going to be a slightly different approach to how the team kind of attacks the postseason this year? Do you think, you know, they're going to struggle a little bit more with the road games? Or do you think it ultimately won't matter in the end and Mahomes is going to pull through? Yeah, so honestly, I think that they're going to pull through. Yes, it's different because 
We posted all these AFC championships. We've been at Arrowhead. We've had that at home advantage. But I think it's going to be different for them. But one thing about Chiefs Kingdom is they are nationwide. They will travel around. So I think that still, even if we're on the road, wherever we're going to, I think that a lot of Chiefs Kingdom is going to show up. But I think that it's only going to make them want to push harder because, again, this is such a weird year for Kansas City. We've had to deal with, you know, the offense having all of these struggles, people not believing that we're still going to be able to get it done. And so I think that this is really the time for Mahomes and Andy Reid especially to just show that no matter where they're playing the game at, they can still work through it and still, at the end of the day, come out with a win. Yeah, but I, I mean, think that we'll still, still be able to get it done. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people seem to forget it is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you know? I, there's no, there's so many times where I watch a game and I, you know, I'll see the Chiefs down sometimes. Not many times they're down, but I'll see them down and I'll just be like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to come back. Like, it just, it feels like he's a force of nature that it's just going to happen. You know, they're going to come back. They're going to make the game close. And that's an extremely rare skill to have in a quarterback. And, you know, especially in the postseason a quarterback that makes sure and a coach that you're never out of a game. It's like the Mike Tomlin effect in a sense, you know, if you're never out of a game, you could always win. And that's why I think, you know, just to go off on a tangent there, Mike Tomlin's a great coach, but the chiefs, I feel like are going to be almost underdogs this year. Everyone's going to underestimate them. And I feel like they have that potential to surprise everybody come out firing and, you know, if a team like Miami this week doesn't come out on all f- cylinders and, you know, they're a little cold and they're unexpected, the Chiefs could totally punch him in the face and yeah, keep rolling week after week. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And some people forget about the 13 seconds. I'm like, guys, they can get it done. I don't forget about it up here because I use it to uh, talk to my Bills friends all the time. So th- yep. they're very familiar with the 13 seconds, but uh, in a bad way. <laughs> But that was the most stressful game of my life. I was like pacing around my house. I was like, oh, wow, we're going to lose. Oh, we're back in it. I was crazy. But I like those games. Mahomes likes that too. He said, it's the good TV. I'm like, yeah, it's good. But I'd rather not be stressed out and pacing around my house. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't get to watch a lot of good uh, football games, let alone playoff games where my team's playing them. So whenever I watch yeah. a playoff game, I'm always just like, you know what? I want a good game. So like Saturday football the other week with Texans Colts, I'm like, oh, this is a great game. This was just a good game, two good offenses. And, you know, I just enjoyed that. So that's pretty much all I'm looking for with the playoffs this year for it. But, you know, mm-hmm. do you have any like special predictions for the Miami game coming up? Any physical performances? So ultimately, I think it's going to be a really good game. I do think that the Chiefs are going to come out on top. And I say that just because they have been working so hard for this. And I know that we've had all these problems. We had six losses this season. That's the most losses that Mahomes has ever had in a regular season in his career. And it's been different. But I think the special thing about the Chiefs is despite all of these small issues, they're still able to try to overcome them. And for us, it's really just so many self-inflicted problems. As they said, like all the drops, I'm sure everyone across the league has saw that. It's so frustrating when you see Tony drop the ball or NBS and all these players are just getting so frustrated every week. But at the end of the day, they come together to try to work on that. And as I was saying before, 
I mean, it's not going to be pretty. I know that we can't just clean up this offense just like that. This is going to have to be something that's worked on in the off season. But I think that with our defense playing at the top tier right now, we have the most stacks in the league at 66. They're doing awesome. Need our cornerback. He is incredible. I don't think that he's gotten enough recognition for how he's played this season, matching up against all the top receivers, not allowing a single touchdown. And so I think that he's going to be all over Hill and they have some chemistry there because, you know, they would go up against each other in practice in previous years. So the best against the best, you know, they know each other. And we saw what happened in Germany. It was just funny because whenever McDuffie forced a fumble and then the Brian Cook touchdown on the lateral, that was insane. But I know everyone was going crazy over that because McDuffie was one of the people that we traded for for Hill. So they know what the defense is all about. And it, it's just weird for Kansas City to be more of a defensive-led football team because it's always been the offense. I never thought that we would come to this having Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. But I mean, it is what it is. And so I think that for this week, we just need to make sure that we keep the run game going, keep Pacheco getting the ball and having a lot of carries. He's also been really effective in the past game. And so I think that he is really going to have probably over, like you said, maybe 100 or so yards. I think we need to incorporate him. Obviously, go to Kelsey, Rishi Rice. It's been great to watch Rice develop and form into what people want to say, wide receiver one. I think that he probably is ours right now, but I still think that he has a lot of developing to do. But I am very happy with him leading mm-hmm. in yards after the catch. So he's been awesome, and so it's been fun to watch that. But I think that we could expect a big game for him because they were saying in the interviews this week that they're going to have to really focus on those deep balls. And we haven't seen that. And it's so weird because, I mean, we used to see all these 60, 65 yarders from the home, these crazy throws. And, you know, we don't really get that anymore. So I'm hoping that Rice can connect with him and we'll see more of that. And then also Noah Gray and Justin Watson. I don't think people realize how effective they've been this season with all of these issues with Tony, MBS, and Sky Moore, because those two have really stepped in and been able to get it done and actually catch the ball, secure the ball. So I think that's another thing, ball security. That is so important. And I don't want to see any turnovers. That's another thing that's been happening all season. We'll be in a game, you know, we should win. And then, oh, we turn the ball over. And then, oh, we do it again. We can't do that especially in the postseason now, this is really important. So take away the turnover, take away the drop. I think we can come out on top. Miami's not used to this cold weather. It's going to be difficult for them. A lot of their players are banged up, like you said. Their secondary is really injured right now. Waddle is still questionable. I saw Jalen Ramsey was limited in practice. So not a lot of injuries. They have made some roster moves, though, signing a few new players. but still. I think that as long as we just focus on the end goal of not turning the ball over, incorporating all of these players, I think that we'll come out on top. And I could see this game being, I don't know, I don't want to say that we're going to blow them out, but I think that it could be one of those games. I don't know. I just don't see them doing that well in the cold. No, no, and when no, you look I at agree. Their schedule, it's like whenever they went up against the Eagles and the Ravens, and they lost. I think they lost against the Ravens. They scored like 56 or somewhere in the 60s. And when they play against really good teams, 
they don't have their best performance. And I think that more people need to focus on that because, you know, when they're going up with teams that don't have the best defense or offense, whatever, I mean, clearly they're playing a better football game, but whenever you see them actually face a harder team, they are not doing well. And I think that sometimes Chua cannot perform the best under pressure. And I think that our pass rush is going to be all over him. And I could see a lot of sack. Sack Nation is going to come through. So I think that, you know, he's in for it. And I just don't think we're going to be ready. So my score prediction after my little tangent, I'm actually really good with these. So (laughs) I take these very seriously. So I have to seriously think about this. (laughs) Well, I'd go, I'll go first if you want some time to think. But my guess is 27 to 17 Kansas City. I think, you know. They're going to get a nice 10-point lead, and they're going to kind of hold it. But I do agree with what you said about Miami. You know, only one win against teams over 500. You know, they say you have to play your schedule, but, you know, when teams like the Jets and even the Patriots can wind up with two wins uh, with teams above 500 or even three, like only having one for your whole season is not a good indicator of playoff success. Yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 34-17, Chief. That's a big one. That's a big spread right there. I know. I think it could happen, though. And the last thing that I want to see is Tyreek Hill throwing up a peace sign in the end zone. So we better stop him. And I'll make my prediction right now. Hill is not scoring a touchdown. And I think that we will keep him under at least, I'll say, 60 yards. I'd say he, I think he's going to, not get a touchdown. I agree with that part, but I feel like they're going to use Tyreek in the rushing game because they know they're going to yeah. have a hard time trying to get the ball to his receivers. And Mike McDaniel does a great job with that, along with Andy Reid, of just getting the ball to your best players. So I think Tyreek's going to be involved. You can't limit him entirely, but especially with, like you said, Waddle being questionable, Mostert still. Mm-hmm. A chain was limited participant two days this week in practice. So I could totally see them trying to run the ball with Tyreek a little more and use kind of a committee style, especially. This game reminds me a lot of that Buffalo game against the Patriots where there was so much wind that one game that they just couldn't throw the football and they almost ran it every play of the game. Yeah. So I could see, you know, kind of a similar game plan and game scripts taking place here, but with two completely different teams. I mean, these teams are definitely a lot better than those teams were and they're more well suited for you know running the ball especially the Chiefs in their power game you know you have an all pro offensive lineman and you know Chris Jones on the interior I think they're very well suited to win this game and hopefully advance to the next round yeah yeah and I'm a big fan of Mike McDaniels I think he's a great coach he's a little weird but I like the weird I love watching his his press conferences they're so funny but I was watching one this week and it was just you know him talking to the team after their walk and I don't know I just I think he's a really good guy and I think that he's really stepped up the team as a whole so I know that he has a great game plan and I don't think it's going to be easy I think it is obviously going to be a challenge but I just think that at the end of the day Kansas City is just going to put up a better performance but It'll be hard. We'll have to truly want this one. Yeah, I mean. And it'll be cold. I'm not ready for it. 
<laughs> you got to make sure to bundle up. Go, we go with like five layers and I'd rather be hot and take off a jacket at the game than be standing there freezing, yeah. going through the gift shop, trying mm -hmm. to find a jacket with, you know, something on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. I have a plan of what I'm going to wear, but I don't know why. Like, obviously, I'm going to wear a lot of layers, but wearing so many layers sometimes bothers me and it makes me so bad. I'm like, oh, I feel like I just jump out of my skin. Whenever I go snow, <laughs> I, I always try to keep it yeah. as little layers as possible. Just I'd rather uh -huh. have mobility and I can be a little yeah, cold. Yeah, it just bothers me. Yeah. Yeah, I hate layering hoodies. That's the worst because then I just feel like I'm stuck. But I'll have to because it'll be cold. But I also thought something funny that Hill said yesterday. He was asked if he still talks to Mahomes and Kelsey. And he was like, yeah, you know, I haven't talked to Mahomes since they beat us in Germany. But, you know, Kelsey, I haven't heard from him. I think he's still on his Taylor Swift thing. But I don't know. But real Tyreek. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have had to deal with that in the media a lot more than everyone else. You know, you guys get those questions every week. And yeah, I don't know how you could deal with that in the media every week. You know, I feel like mm -hmm. I almost see it all the time and it's overwhelming. I can't imagine what it would be like for a Chiefs fan. Yeah, well, I do have to say we did get a lot of new Swifties, a part of Chiefs. <laughs> and so we have a lot of signs because I went to the game last week. And or the New Year's Eve game, and there was like Swifty signs, you know, all different about Taylor Swift. Taylor, look at me, and I'm like, oh, but hey, hey, they're good for stadium atmosphere. They're gonna be loud. I know. They're gonna they're gonna be there. So a fan's exactly. a fan to whoever runs the team. So I don't think they're gonna complain. Hey, and it's not like she didn't rent out the whole stadium for her Irish tour. So respect to her. I'm happy to them. <laughs> but yeah. well, we'll see anyway thank you so much for coming on is there anything else you'd like to leave us with I don't think so I'm excited I think it's going to be a good week I'm excited for the other game but yeah postseason <laughs> the playoff anything can happen and did you talk about how you're going to the Super Bowl in here no we were going to save that one we were going to oh. you know Either. It's not under wraps, but we were going to do a nice little, uh, we were going to talk about that a lot more before the, uh, before I left, you know, when we, when we get a little more information. So uh, something to do with the Dragon's Den in the Super Bowl will be coming soon. So uh, stay tuned. This is the Dragon's Den podcast signing off.